Good evening. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Let's worship. I've searched the world.
services. We thank all the difference makers that stepped up to the plate and done such a wonderful job. And then, of course, the crowd. The crowd in both of the services are just, just very satisfied uh, beyond measure of, of beyond expectations of, of how it actually went. So we're thankful for that. Thankful for what God is going to do this weekend. Somebody say amen. This Sunday, of course, Easter Sunday, and we've asked you to do three things. Number one, pray every day. Pray every day that God would move in a in a mighty way, in a powerful way. This this Sunday, in both our 9 and our 11 a.m. in service, and then the second thing we've asked that that you would invite somebody. And and as I've said over and over again, that that uh, the percentages are very high. Uh, of invites that come on Easter Sunday. So so more than any other Sunday of the year, it's easier to get people to come on Easter on Easter Sunday. And then the third thing, when, when service time comes around, whether you're in the 9 a.m. or the 11 a.m., participate in that service. Participate in the singing. Participate in the worship. Participate and respond to the preached word. And it makes other people uh, uh, respond even easier. If you're somewhere where, where nobody is doing anything, nobody's responding, then it then it's tougher and it's more difficult all the more when there's guests and there's visitors that fill up the house us the people of God need to reach out and worship him together in spirit and truth somebody say amen amen so let's go to the Lord in prayer right now and just ask for God to help us and to strengthen us to touch needs that are gathered here in this house tonight and then of course to to bless this weekend could you pray with me right now lift up your hearts lift up your voices together father we love you so much we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, your mercy. Thank you for your spirit, for your word, God. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the shed blood. Thank you, God, for, for resurrection power, Lord. And, and, and thank you for your spirit. And I pray right now for every need that's gathered here that you just touch and minister. Help us, God, to draw closer to you, be encouraged by your word, strengthened by your spirit. I pray, God, you touch us and help us, Lord. And I pray those that are looking this direction, God, that you touch them right now, Lord. Remove every roadblock, remove every hindrance from them coming to the house of the Lord. And God, when they come, I pray that your spirit would move upon them, that your word would draw them and minister to them, God, that you touch and transform their lives. Let it be so, God. Move in a powerful way. Move in a powerful way. We lean on you. We trust in you. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Could we give the Lord one more hand clap of praise? God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Amen and amen. close the service we will take in communion together
you have your Bibles, and if you do not, you can turn your attention to the screen, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16 and 17. You can stay seated. Again, this coming Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., Easter Sunday, and we're expecting great things. Thank you in advance for, for all you do and, and all you will do this, this weekend. It, you'll enjoy it a whole lot more if you have somebody sitting next to you. Somebody sitting next to you that, that didn't come this past week or, or, or didn't come the week before. Do invite, do try to get people to come. If you have to give tonight, you can give by way of cash or check in the offering bucket in the back. You can also give online at clcsugarland.com and you can text to give at 281-612-77007. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16 and 17. For where a testament is... There must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Verse 17 says, For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Just going to talk about the subject, the Lamb of God tonight. The Lamb of God. The Testament is a will or a covenant. It does not go into effect until the death of the one bringing it about. We have an Old Testament and a New Testament. The death of the testator has to take place in order for the will to be in effect. The picture of Calvary's cross, of course, was a terrible scene. It was a sad scene. Equally as troubling was the trial, the mockings, the sheer rejection of Jesus by the Jewish people. The trial by night, the false accusations, the false testimony, the slappings, the whippings, the beatings, crown of thorns, the blood, the anguish, the torture, 39 stripes, side of which would make you turn your head, I'm sure. The words of Isaiah says that we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. Calvary's cross speaks many things that can be applied to our lives. Forgiveness, one of those many things. Why forgiveness? I, I know and remember that when I came into church, they'd also always say, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. How does that work? I, I, I didn't understand it. And I'll talk a little bit about it. Do we have understanding of that? Do you get that? Do you know why Jesus' death can bring about your forgiveness? So let's take a deeper look here, here tonight. It all begins in the Garden of Eden, in the book of Genesis. And that, of course, they... Eat of the forbidden fruit. And the day that you eat it, God says, you shall surely die. 
Did they die when they ate it? When they actually took it in and put it in their mouth and chewed it up and ingested it? Did they fall over and die and breath leave their lungs right then? No, but something else had to die or judgment was going to come to them. Now, one can say the process of death may have entered in and no longer were they their, their, their bodies eternal, and, and that could be true. And, and yes, they ended up dying, but at that time, the, the guilt of disobedience or the guilt of sin, uh, God said, the day that you, the soul that you eat it, you, you shall surely die on that day. And of course, they didn't die that day, but something else did. And here we have the first example of substitution. Substitution, the innocent dying in the place of the guilty. Innocent dying in the place of the guilty. Why? To provide a covering for, to provide an atonement for. An animal was was killed and and the skins were placed upon them or the, the coats were placed upon them as a covering and yes it was a physical covering they when their eyes were opened and they knew that they had uh, 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 partaken of the fruit and 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 they knew good and bad or or, or wrong and right and and suddenly they knew that they were naked what they do they tried to cover themselves and a man's covering is not good enough something that we provide for ourselves spiritually speaking is not uh, enough they sewed fig leaves together and made made uh, a makeshift covering for them but but God killed an animal and and gave them the skins uh, of an animal for for clothing of course there you had death there you have the substitution of the innocent dying in the place of the guilty blood was shed how about Abraham taking Isaac to Mount Moriah and speaking the prophetic words in Genesis chapter number 22 and verse number 8 and Abraham said my son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering so they both went up them together God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering he actually in that story did provide he provided a ram in the thicket but a lamb nonetheless in Christ Jesus 430 years of bondage takes place in Exodus and then nine plagues later on the eve of the freedom from slavery here comes the 10th plague and it's called the Passover they celebrated the the Israelites celebrate the Passover from from then on it was something to be remembered the Passover we know it why is it Passover why is it called Passover because uh, he said when I see the blood I will pass over you of course that 10th plague that come to uh, Egypt was that the firstborn of the house the firstborn son of the house uh, would die that night and of course the the, the promise was given to uh, uh, the people of God that if they would kill a lamb and they would take that lamb's blood and apply it to the doorpost to the lentils uh, of their home uh, that when he saw the blood when the death angel came and he saw the blood he would pass over that uh, 
house, Passover, what's happening there. Something had already took place. Death had already took place in that house. It's like the death angel is coming and it's going past the house. If it does not see blood, blood was the indication when the blood was applied to that home that something had died there. If nothing had died there, the firstborn son was going to die. But if he saw the blood, he would pass over. Another substitution there. Innocent dying in the place of of the guilty. The blood was applied. Exodus chapter 12 verse uh, verse 1. Let, let's uh, I'm just paraphrase. Let's go ahead and read through that if we got them. Do we have them 1 through 13? Uh, um, why don't we stand together and why don't we why don't we alternate reading these since it is a lengthy verse but I want to go through them rather rather quickly just listen and 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 comprehend as you as you read and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying verse 2 everyone joined together this month shall be unto you the beginning of months and it shall be the first month of the year to you verse number 3 says speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel saying in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man, somebody say a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house, or one lamb per house. Everyone, next verse. And if the household, let him and his neighbor next unto his house, every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Folks, the lamb is too big for all of us just to partake of it this coming Sunday. Bring somebody else to the house because there's enough to go around. Somebody say amen. Amen. Verse number five. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Somebody say perfect. Without blemish. A male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Everybody. Verse six. And ye shall keep it And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Everybody's doing it at the same time. And they shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two side posts on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat it. They're applying the blood to the home. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall eat it. Verse 9. Eat it not. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roasted with fire, his head with his legs, per pertinence thereof. Everybody, verse 10. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, with your shoes on your feet, with your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It is... The Lord's Passover, verse 12. Both man and beast, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse number 13 says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You may be seated. Thank you for helping me with that. 
Verse 3 says, a lamb. Verse number 3 says, a lamb. Verse 4 says, the lamb. Verse 5 says, your lamb. It's the progression of the believer. When you're outside of the covenant of, of the household of faith, when you're an unbeliever in need of a savior, it's a lamb that you need. When you see your need to repent and to be converted, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And when you commit your life wholeheartedly to God, he is uh, your lamb, your savior, your God. That lamb was to be without blemish. It was to be spotless. It was to be perfect. Jesus was without blemish. He was sinless. He was offered by the high priest and examined by Pilate before being put to death, who after examining him made the declaration, I find no fault in him. I find no fault. He's perfect. There's nothing wrong with him. I find no fault in him. Wasn't good enough to believe that the death angel was coming that night on that Passover night uh, wasn't good enough to believe all that God had instructed about the lamb and the blood if the lamb was not slain and the blood was not applied in the manner that it was stated it would not have worked it didn't matter what kind of house that they were in that they lived in that they were partaking of it didn't matter who was inside the house if the word was obeyed it worked if the blood was applied it worked when I see the blood I will pass over the lamb did nothing wrong. The judgment was coming, but the lamb was the innocent substitute. The lamb was the innocent substitute that died in the place of the guilty. He died in the place of the guilty, another place of substitution there. There was no wrong in the lamb. There was no fault in the lamb, but the lamb's blood showed that death had already took place in that home that death had already taken place in that life. So where are we today? The one by whom the worlds were made had come into it, but the world knew him not. The glory of the Lord had tabernacled among men, but he was not wanted. The eye which sin had blinded saw in him no beauty that he should be desired at his birth. There was no room for him in the end, a foreshadowing of the treatment that he was to receive at the hands of men. Shortly thereafter his birth, Herod sought to slay him again and again and again. His enemies attempted his destruction. And now their vile desires are granted them. The Son of God had yielded himself up into the hands of men. A mock trial had been gone through. And though his judges found no fault, in him. Nevertheless, they had yielded to the insisting of those who hated him as they cried again and again and again, crucify him, crucify 
him. How isolated and lonely Calvary was. Jesus in his ministry was used to being thronged by the multitudes, by the crowds, but crowds, uh, Calvary had been separated uh, from them, uh, forsaken by the people he was. Uh, when Pilate asked, what then shall I do with Jesus, uh, which is called the Christ? Uh, they said, crucify him. He had already had a crown of thorns uh, upon his head, but they yelled, crucify him, crucify him. On Sunday, they cheered me. Now, they cursed me. On Sunday, it was Hosanna and now it's uh, crucify on Sunday I was their king and now I'm a criminal once for me once for me now calling the death of me forsaken by the people but what about the disciples what about his closest followers his friends they all left him they all left him and fled the Bible says once it says they left all and followed him. Now it reads, they all left him and fled. Peter, though he'd been warned. Thomas, though he said when they first headed to Jerusalem, let's also go that we may die with him. All now fled, though they had seen the dead raised, though they had seen the lepers cleansed, though they had seen the blinded eyes open. He had told them the Son of Man must suffer. But in the shadow of the cross, they deserted him. He watches them go, betrayed by a kiss, denied in the judgment hall, deserted. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. Forsaken by the people, forsaken by his disciples. And Matthew 27, 45 now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour, sixth hour being, being uh, uh, 12, 12 ninth hour being 3 p.m. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Forsaken by the people, forsaken by the disciples and now he's saying why hast thou forsaken me God delighteth in mercy and therefore infinite wisdom devised a way whereby justice might be satisfied and mercy left free to flow out to the guilty this way was the way of substitution the just suffering for the unjust the innocent dying in the place of the guilty. Jesus Christ alone could stand. Only one could bear the curse and yet rise victor above it. Only one could suffer his heel to be bruised by Satan and yet in that bruising destroy him that had the power of death. We see that boundless love, inflexible justice, and omnipotent power all combined to make possible the salvation to them that believe. It's the wisdom of the cross. 
At the cross, all our iniquities were laid upon Christ. And therefore did divine judgment fall upon him. There was no way of transferring sin without transferring the penalty of that sin. Both sin and its punishment were transferred to the Lord Jesus. And on the cross, Christ was making propitiation It was a question of meeting the claims of God's holiness. It was a matter of satisfying the demands of his justice. It was foreshadowed on the memorable night of the Passover in Egypt. The lamb's blood must be where God's eyes could see it. And when he saw the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The death of Christ on the cross was a death of the cursed. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, this is Galatians 3.13, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. The curse uh, is the alienation from God. This is the apparent uh, words from the words which Christ will yet speak to those that shall stand on his left uh, on that day of his power. Depart from me, he said, he will say, ye cursed. Uh, Depart from me, ye cursed. Uh, The curse is the exile from the presence uh, of the Lord, uh, the presence of uh, his glory. Depart from me, ye cursed, he'll say. This explains the meaning of the number of the Old Testament types. The bullock which was slain on the annual day of uh, atonement after its blood had been sprinkled upon the mercy seat uh, was removed uh, to a place without, to a place outside of the camp. Leviticus 16 and 27. And there its entire carcass, its entire body was burned. It was in the center of the camp that had his dwelling place that God would meet, that God would dwell. And the exclusion from the camp was banishment from the presence of God. It was on the outside. God's presence was on the inside. Thus it was too with the leper. All the days, Leviticus 13 46 says, all the days wherein the plague shall be in him. He shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. He's an outsider. This was because the leper was the embodied type of the sinner. The leper was the type of the sinner on the outside. You shall be outside the camp. Presence of God on the inside. Here is also the antitype of the brazen serpent. Why did God instruct Moses to set a serpent on a pole and bid the bitten Israelites to look upon it? Imagine the serpent as a type of Christ, the Holy One of God. Yes, but it represented him as made a curse for us. For the serpent was the reminder of the curse. It was a reminder of that curse. And on the cross, 
Christ was fulfilling these Old Testament foreshadowings. He was outside the camp. Compare that to Hebrews 13 and 12. Separated from the very presence of God. He was the leper made sin for us. He was as the brazen serpent made a curse for us. And we have here the three hours of darkness which lay over the land. Dark covering of death. It was supernatural darkness. It was not night for the sun was at its zenith. It was midnight at midday. It was no eclipse. But this cry of Christ gives us the meaning of that darkness there. As the darkness gives us the meaning of that bitter cry. Jesus Christ Christ was taking play, the place of the guilty. He was taking my place. He was taking your place. Taking the place of the guilty and the lost ones. That he was in the place of sin bearing. That he was enduring the judgment due his people. That he who knew no sin was made sin for us. That cry was uttered that we might be allowed to know of what passed there. The wisdom that we find in the cross. God is light. Darkness is the absence of light. The darkness is the natural sign of his turning away. Sin separates. It separates. The Passover lamb was dying in the place of the guilty. Jesus was dying for mankind thus the separation of the holy from the flesh Jesus's flesh was the sacrifice Jesus's flesh was the lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world for the believer, the cross is interpreted in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. For I am crucified with Christ. He was my substitute. God considered me one with the Savior. His death was mine. He was wounded for my transgressions. Bruised for my iniquities. Sin was not pushed away, but put away once and for all. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Somebody give him a hand clap. Jesus was quoted, quoting from Psalms uh, chapter 22. If you read the rest of that chapter, it shows wisdom and understanding of what the cross was doing. Verse number 31 says, They shall come and proclaim his righteousness uh, to a people yet unborn. That he has done it. Folks, when you hit a dark time in your life, hold on to the word of God which gives you promises. He hath given us the victory. He hath given us the victory. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. <laughs> victory, John chapter... 19 and verse 30, when Jesus was therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up 
the ghost of the Spirit. The last statement that Jesus spoke upon the cross was, it is finished. Despite being tempted like all men were, Jesus had lived his life and died holy and without sin. He had perfectly fulfilled the will of God for his earthly life. He had been faithful in the easy times. He had been faithful in the hard times. He had lived for his divine purpose day in and day out. He was able to say with his final breath, it is finished. Literally in the Greek, it is now completed. I have reached my goal. From victim to victor, from tragedy to triumph, redemption was now paid in full. Somebody thank the Lord. The finality of the cross is victory. Victory. Victory over sin. Forgiveness that comes to our hearts and to our lives. Why don't we at this time just take some time and in a moment to, to, to ask the Lord to help us and to ask the Lord to, to forgive us of all of our sins and to, to, to help us to be more like him and help us to be right with him. Why don't we take some time and just examine ourselves right now here in this house and, and, and just together as we pray, as we pray. Lord, we love you so much. We're, we're thankful, God, for your goodness. You've got to pray individually here. You can't just listen to my words. You have to pray for yourself. Lord, we love you so much, and we're thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your strength, your touch, your power. We're thankful, God, for, for Calvary. We're thankful for the blood that was shed at Calvary. I plead your blood over every heart under the sound of my voice right now, Lord. I plead your blood over our hearts, over our minds, Lord, over our homes, over our families. I plead your blood, Lord, hallelujah, wash us and make us whole, make us clean, make us holy, Lord, hallelujah. Our righteousness is but filthy rags in your presence, God, clothe us. Clothe us in your righteousness, in your purity, Lord. Forgive us of all wrong. Forgive us of trying to do things our way, Lord. Contrary to your word, God, wash us and make us new. Cleanse us, Lord. Search us, O oh God. Search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Cleanse me, Lord. Wash me and make me whiter than the snow, Lord. We want to be right. We want to be clean. We want to be more like you. We want to be more like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Wash us, Lord. Make us, make us whole, Lord. Forgive us, God, of all sins. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.